Hello, Scarborough dude. This is John out in Vancouver, British Columbia, the Radio Zoom podcast. And all I want to say is at episode number 60, please don't quit. Thank you. Okay, uh, this is it. I sent out a tweet today under both Ken and Scarborough Dude apologizing to my American listeners for the nonsense I put out on my last podcast when I was badmouthing the Republican Party. Now, I don't take back anything I said about Trump or anybody else. It's What I did was, was terrible. I actually said that... The things that I hear Republicans say, you know, about the Mexicans or, you know, this and that. Um, I said no Canadian would ever get away. No Canadian politician would get away with saying that. And I was thinking specifically to our leadership debate because we have a very close race now between Liberals, NDP and the ruling uh, Conservative Party under Prime Minister fucking Harper. Um, and I was sort of saying these guys spoke, they were educated and they spoke at, at a, you know, at a, at a high level and I had gone to the debate, I enjoyed hearing them and it was just after, just after I recorded that clip and then put out the podcast yesterday that um, Harper stirs up the mud, the crap, the shit by bringing up the burqa issue again, the taking away Canadian citizenship, the issue was sort of one of these uh, red herring issues of, oh, there's, you know, people want to wear their burqa when they take the oath of citizenship and you won't be able to see them say the oath and who knows. And sort of putting that out there to stir up a certain group of people. Um, the reality of it is that in private they take off the burqa and they they sign their papers and so on. It was the public issue. But it's one of those great things that you can put up there to get people all riled up. Well, what kind of Canadians are they going to be if you can't see their face and they don't even want to show it? And that appeals to a lot of voters, unfortunately, all across Canada. We are no better than all those people who are supporting the NRA and uh, Tea Party and everything else. Not only did it do that, but he proposed, okay, first of all, you're going to take away Canadian citizenship of anybody who's accused of terrorism. Well, these are, this, is, this, appeals, this is for the people who have dual citizenship that that can be revoked and you'll be sent back to Pakistan or wherever the other half of your citizenship lies. Uh, now, you know me, I personally don't think there should be such a thing as dual citizenship, in which case you would not be able to take away the Canadian citizenship. Uh, you'd just go to jail for things that you've done wrong. But this is another issue to stir people up and force Trudeau into a position of saying, you can't do that, and it makes him seem like he's defending terrorists, uh, which will cost a few votes. 
And then worst of all, oh, geez, I, I should have written this down. They want to proposing a new bill, a 1-800 number that you call to report, yes, barbaric practices. If you suspect your neighbor, and this might be forced marriages, maybe, who knows, forced female circumcision. Uh, we can think back to the father who drowned his daughters. Uh intentionally before bad behavior and shaming the family's name. Anyway, all those things would fit in this category of barbaric behavior. And again, it's one of those things to get people to turn on the neighbors. Any any Anytime you see a Muslim, because that's where it's targeted, let's be honest, and you suspect something might not be right in their house, or you just simply don't like them as neighbors, you can call as 1-800 number and maybe get the police involved, the RCMP involved. And it's disgusting, and it's hateful, and it sinks Canadian politics to a level I don't remember when it's ever been as low as this and as dirty as this. And this is why I'm apologizing to my American listeners, because we have sunk to your level. Um, I guess that's kind of a backhanded apology, but it, it's to make it sound like we were better than the Americans. We would never stoop to those levels and, and do that kind of thing and say those things. And I even went on to say anybody would be booed off the stage for coming up with some of the stuff that I've heard south of the border. And yet here we are, our very own prime minister and his fucking conservative party. And the worst thing about it all is they are in the lead. They know how to play this game. They know how to stir up a certain segment of the population. The fucking Conservative Party is in the goddamn lead and could win, could even possibly win a majority. And I'm pissed off at the NDP and I'm pissed off at the liberals. And I, and I, don't, know, I don't know what they could have done. We, everybody talks strategic voting. Hey, guys, just divide up the pie. And make sure between you, 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 you know, one of you, I don't know how they'd work it out. I really don't know. But if Harper wins another term in office, if the conservatives are back, I am just thoroughly, thoroughly disgusted and ashamed and angry about it all. So I guess that's my apology. I guess that's all I have to say about it. This will be released, of course, before the election. So who knows what the outcome will be or what might happen. I will say that I listened to uh, um, Thomas Mulcair delivering a talk in Toronto today, pledging to bring back the money that Harper's cut from the CBC and the reasons why, to support initiatives like the arts, the National Film Board, uh, to put an end to this uh, TPP bill, this Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, which Harper's secretly, well, not secretly, except he's not revealing any of the details, but signing and agreeing to in the midst of an election so that nobody can see what it's really about. And uh, Harper said he would uh, rescind that if he wins. Liberals, of course, will go along with it. I'm, I've Liberals have fallen out of favor with me. I'm no longer supporting them. I listen to Mulcair, and I want him to be the Prime Minister of Canada. And uh, sadly, he's in third place right now. We don't have the guts, the courage to support an NDP government yet. So, that's it. 
That's just the start of Dixon Jane's podcast number 34. Dixon Jane's, I said that, didn't I? Sorry. Baby Sally podcast, Baby Sally Talks podcast, whatever you want to call it, number 34. I'm going to go to 100. I'm going for 100. Well, maybe 50. Maybe I'll change it 50. Who knows? Uh, and that's it. I got to go home. I got to make a tuna salad. I, I a tuna casserole I complained last time. Or I didn't complain. I confessed last time that uh, I just simply wasn't doing enough for my wife and family. So today I went out and did some shopping. I had to spend three full hours at school, at the college today, preparing a test for Wednesday because we no longer can use past tests or share tests. Every teacher has to make their own. They are no longer called exams. They are tests. We have to submit them in advance for approval. Like, they've just cranked up the workload. This is after dropping our salaries, and it's very much a case of, hey, you don't like it? Go somewhere else, because there's plenty of teachers lined up at the door wanting to get in. It really sucks. There is no union there to help us. The union only works with the full-time, and of course, they're not hiring any more full-time people. They're just putting all the work on the backs of the part-timers. Unfair, unjust, for a college that prides itself in equity, you know, and being a good global citizen. Bullshit. Bullshit. Shame on Centennial College. Shame on you. Bullshit. All right. Boy, I guess that's done. Time to go home and uh, start working on this casserole. Bye for now. Hey, Scarborough dude. Richard Bunky Bell here from the Back from the Bin podcast. Just wanted to drop you a note to say congratulations on 200 episodes of the Dixon Janes podcast. I personally want to thank you for sharing yourself in that manner with all of us out here in Webville uh, to hear your insane, psychotic stream of consciousness but heartfelt ramblings has been a unique and interesting experience to say the least. Thanks for sharing your personal knowledge, experience, theories, uh, strengths, vulnerabilities, and such grand traditions as the two o'clock fart. It's been uber entertaining. So congratulations, my friend, on 200 episodes of the Dixon Janes podcast. And hopefully, we'll all be around to hear 200 more. So, ramble on, my friend. Well, good morning from Minden. I think I've stopped here for gas or maybe a coffee along the highway. But I've never actually come into the town. I think they refer to it as a hidden village or something because... uh, I, you know, I, t- I went into a left turn lane because it said business area. Morning. And uh, here I am, uh, sitting outside Sawan's Thai restaurant and antiques. And uh, <laughs> it's quite a combination. Uh, the antique shop, it's probably one of the few antique shops I've gone in that I've not found anything I wanted. Uh, at all, and they had a lot of books, and not one book would I want to buy. That's very rare for me. But uh, the food smelled great, so I'm probably going to have lunch there. This is my day. This is um, Tuesday, uh, the day I'm going up to visit Kinark Outdoor 
education center, outdoor, whatever, um, where I plan to bring my students this summer, and I just got to do a, an initial check to make sure everything looks okay and they'll have a decent place to sleep. But I'm glad I took the turn off. I came a little early. I said I'd come after lunch, knowing I could find something in Minden, but uh, it's just fun. It's that thing of coming to a place you've never been to before and exploring something new. Now, I drove up. There's a little rain coming down, and now it's a beautiful day in the sunshine. The fall colors are out in, in certain areas. It's a lovely drive. I love highway drives. Highway and then side roads and then this road. And, of course, I'm using my... Uh, uh, I don't need it, but I'm using my iPhone uh, with the GPS to say, well, turn here and do another 50 kilometers along here. And uh, coming home, I'll probably take a different route. This is the fast route. So it's just noon. I'm not really due to about one. So I've, the timing is actually perfect. And a lot of things are closed. I'm looking across. I'm sitting on the banks of a river. It's lovely. And I can't find the name for the river. But it's between... Um, oh two lakes and it's a lovely I mean it looks almost man made at this point it's well done uh, probably connecting a whole string of lakes up here in the uh, Halliburton Highlands which is the general area god I can feel the sun beating down on me oh how lovely and what a, what a nice thing this is part of my job this is the job I do this is my work this is the preparing for the students uh, coming back this summer uh, once again this will be our 22nd if all goes well uh, study tour wow 22 years um, last night I was I upgraded to El Capitan or <laughs> uh, operating system 1011 uh, knowing there'd probably be a couple of problems. And when I went to open my favorite tap forms program, which replaces Bento, which is where I keep all my data and the to, the 100-item the to-do list, you know, like book the camp facility and uh, inspect it, and then I can drop in notes and connections. It's a wonderful, wonderful database you organize on your own any way you want with pictures, uh, with um, letters, with, you know, dates, commitments, all, all your reference. So, for example, this morning when I wanted to bring up a, um, a plan of last year's tour, what did we do at Bark Lake so I could show the people here, I just had to go into Kamajo 2015, camp, boom, click on the item, there's a PDF file, click print, and I've got it. Like, it's wonderful. I, I've talked before about how much I love computers and, and the way you can use them. Uh, because I, at home, my papers are... I do have a filing cabinet. And it is organized, but things fall behind. There are stacks of papers still. Uh, but this way, bam, there it is. Got it. Um, now, how did I get out of... Oh, yeah, so I, I opened up tap forms and bam, it crashed after about a minute. Crashed again, crashed again. Well, you keep sending these reports back to Apple. So I finally wrote to, uh, just sent a, an email to uh, the people who make it, a tap forms. And bam, within minutes I had a response back. I don't know what time zone they're in because this was at nighttime. And the response, oh, try this. You know, make sure it's, you have access to your contacts. Go into your, uh, you know... 
this and this and this and find it. Wow, there's an answer. And I tried, no, I've already got that. Bam, another answer comes right away within two minutes of the first one. Well, that might not be your problem. Try this. And then finally you go and it gives you a, a command to copy and paste and put into terminal. Well, I don't know my way around terminal, but these guys obviously do. And bam, problem solved. That's amazing. What wonderful service. And uh, so much fun to uh, fix things up. Now I had to, you know, redo a couple of things and uh, so on. But basically, wow, there are people who see the problem that uh, new features in El Capitan are going to screw up on your old programs and uh, somebody, Apple has to fix it or they have to fix it and... uh, Oh, it's just great. Anyway, I guess that's a bit of a sidetrack. It's just that I'm happy to be here. I'm, I, I'm stimulated. I should be. I listened to a couple of my own podcasts. I listened to the one where called uh, "Getting Ruder," and uh, God damn it, you know that was a really good episode. I listened to Anthony Marco first of all talking about the nature of. Um, personal podcast and and how he likes prefers that of course to anybody shilling you know trying to sell some business make money and uh monetize and this whole concept and i feel very proud to have been one of the pioneers in this area and i can say that in all honesty there are quite a few others but bam i was in there pretty early in the game doing it my way playing music that was unlicensed that I just said, fuck you, you know, what do you mean if there's music playing in the background of the coffee shop and you're recording, that's illegal. Wow, like, so who's going to bother you about that? (sighs) Anyway, a little pat on the back, pat, pat, pat for Ken for uh, doing the things he likes to do sometimes, you know, uh, this being one of them, coming out on a road trip. Uh, putting out a podcast and uh, putting out a zine. I'm still disappointed, very, that not enough people have picked up the idea of, uh, yeah, just send them something in writing. Either they're not listening, or they are listening and they don't care, or they don't see the point, or they just don't get it yet. And maybe they will. That's that's fine. I can live with that. I'll fill it up. Don't worry. Um, so I guess... I just wanted to talk to you from Minden, Ontario, because you haven't been here either, not with me anyway. And uh, here we are. That sun is beating down. There's a Dominion Hotel right on the corner of the river. There's looks like all kinds of other places to eat, but I'm just thinking this Thai restaurant has to be real Thai food. And uh, I think that's that's the place for me. And then I'll just explore a little bit more. And uh, continue. Oh, yeah, what I wanted to say, the river, the river cone, there's a giant ice, soft ice cream uh, place in the shape of a soft ice cream cone. It's wonderful. I've got to take a picture of it. Uh, sadly, it's closed for the season, of course, but I bet you they do a roaring business during the summer with tourists, those who know enough to get off the highway and come and find this hidden village. So I'm sitting right by the water. This would be a wonderful place to canoe along. Uh, Maybe a small little motorboat. Yeah, or a little boat with a, you know, little motor on the end when you're tired of paddling. All right, enough. I'll get back to you later on. But uh, right now I think it's time for me to go to Suwon Thai Cuisine. But to get there, you got to go through the antique shop. 
great old building right on the river. Uh, Ken, signing out. Bye for now. A happy Ken. I just wanted to put that in. A happy Ken. Bye for now. Hey, Scarborough dude. What's up, Scarborough dude? This is your boys out in the West Coast. Dr. Like a lot of puss. Professor Best Testes of Foreskin Radio. Ooh, ooh. Better known as Adam. And Sham. And uh, we would like to thank you for all your support over the years. Uh, it's much appreciated. And also all the advice and insights you give being uh, someone who has uh, traversed the path of life far longer than we have. You know, we appreciate all the wisdom you impart on... Well, I appreciate all the wisdom you impart unto me. And thank you for being, you know, such a great pioneer of uh, independent thought and free speech. Yeah. Hey, whatever happened to your uh, search for enlightenment? Still there, man. But Ken, this is about you, man. And Ken... Well, he's... Scarborough, dude. Back uh, in the day, he was searching for enlightenment. He was. Well, you know what? Everyone's perception of enlightenment, I think, is different. Because everyone's... Uh, Everyone's experience of joy is ultimately different. That's what I think. Yeah, and uh, I think you gotta. F- the, you know, I hate, it's such a cliche to say follow your bliss. What was it Joseph Campbell? I don't know. You know, well, we can't say follow your bliss because some people are pedophiles or murderers, and that's their bliss. So, right, that's that would that would be irresponsible. Follow your bliss. Um, have a good shit. Is Have a, a good, good shit. Everyone can enjoy that and relate to it. Right. Have a good shit. It's universal. Everybody shits. I shit, you shit. Ken, enjoy your shit. Have a good shit. We yes. love you here at Forskin Radio. Everyone's a Buddha when they're shitting on the toilet. Peace and love and 420 and... So, uh, maybe the, uh, the last comment there about the shit was probably not the best way to end this. Uh, tonight, it's a gorgeous night in Vancouver. We were down uh, by the ocean, lying down, contemplating life, and the tide came in. And you know what? It's a metaphor. Yes. Because the tide's going to come in. You've got a choice. You either go out with the tide... Or... Get the fuck off the beach. That's right. Your choice is yours, son. The choice is yours. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. If I was happy before, I think I was, <laughs> sitting by the river, Minden River, by the way, uh, I am even happier now. Uh, if you want to measure my happiness, or if I feel the need to let you know how happy I am, okay, here's the scale. Give me an eight, eight out of ten. I think last time I did this, I was 7 out of 10. Now I'm 8. And 8 is just an overall real contentment about things. Not excitement, not peaking, not shouting, not like I won the lottery. Just, wow, life can be good sometimes. And I'm saying that because right now I'm sitting up on a high ridge overlooking a lake. Damn, I forgot the name of the lake. I don't think this is Gull Lake. Well, it could be. Uh, But here at the... uh, Kinark Outdoor Education Center, where I'm going to be bringing my students this summer. Today was the day to come up, check out the facilities. I um, left a deposit, checked out where the girls are going to sleep and which rooms have showers, where the teacher's going to be, where's the dining hall, what activities do you provide, and this place is perfect. And I was really worried about losing Bark Lake 
and the old Santorini, we lived in the lap of luxury. This is not luxury, but damn, it's perfect. Uh, the girls will be in sleeping bags. They'll be uh, in cabins for five. Only uh, we'll just put four girls in the cabin, so they'll be in bunk beds. And um, they won't know the difference because they haven't been to the other place, Bark Lake. But uh, this, the staff are excellent. This lake, I mean, it's a private lake. Apparently there are a couple of hunting cabins somewhere. You can't see them set back in the woods, but they don't use the lake. And I'm, I'm looking over it now. I just posted a picture on Facebook, if you follow me. Uh, if go back to my Facebook page and you'll see this view that I am looking at right now. In fact, I'll probably post it with this podcast. Man, it's just nice. And it's a perfect fall day. I drove up, a little bit of rain. I thought, well, it's, you know, I can still tour the camp in the rain, no problem. And as I got further north towards Minden, the sky's cleared and it's gorgeous now. Now it's, oh, ooh, getting on for five. So, But the sun is still high, it seems, where I am. Wow. I've got a lot more sunlight left just to sit here by myself. There's nobody else in the camp. The staff are leaving. There's one uh, one staff member who'll be staying in a cabin somewhere else. I'm in the uh, cabin. I call it teacher's cabin. It's got another name. And uh, I've already unrolled my sleeping bag. I'm all set. And uh, just decided, yeah, I'm going to spend the night and have some peace and quiet and sunshine and just enjoy nature and just get away from it all. Uh, it's like, I don't know, I talked about it a few podcasts ago. I've just sometimes you just got to break out of your routine and go someplace new, do something different. And that's what this is for me. And the beauty is it's all part of my job. Like this isn't just a holiday. This is, hey, I got to come up and see that site. So I've agreed. I said, yeah, we'll take it. I've already got the invoice, the price, the quote, gave them a deposit. We're good to go. And uh, interesting timing, because on the way up, I uh, stopped and checked email, and I had an email from the other camp saying, well, have you made up your mind? Are you going to take those other alternate dates we offered you? Which, of course, we can't. And I'm just so delighted to be able to, by coincidence, on that very same day, uh, write back and say, uh, no thanks, we found another place. So... When last I left you, I was sitting on a bench um, on the Minden River saying I should go back into that Thai restaurant, and I did, and wow, it's the real thing. A Thai woman preparing. I had a, uh, can't remember the name of it, kind of a curry dish, chicken curry, kind of a green curry with rice. Oh, my God, it was good. And just the smell itself was just amazing. And uh, when I came up to the camp here, I said, oh, yeah, I stopped on uh, on the way up and had lunch in uh, Minden. Do you know the uh, Suwon uh, Thai restaurant? And they just, they all laughed, like everybody knows it. Like, that's the place to go to. I said, well, I'm lucky. I just found it by chance. But, man, that's great. So I said, well, now I'm up at the camp. There's no cook. There's no staff. There's no dining hall open or anything. Um, I don't have any supper. I didn't bring food. And um, so I asked the person who gave me the tour, wonderful person, and she said, well, you could go back to Minden, to the Thai restaurant, or in Carnarvon, 
just uh, less than five kilometers down the road, there's a very upscale fancy restaurant with all kinds of things on the menu. And um, somebody else said, oh yeah, that is a good place, and it's a brew pub. So I just uh, googled it, and sure enough, it's a brewery. So uh, there you go. I mean, th- what, what kind of a bonus is that? Five kilometers from the camp, and uh, I find myself ready to go to... Let me see if I can get the name here. Anyway, one idea, okay. Um, a fabulous local brewery. So I'm going to get a couple of beer if I can to take out and bring back to camp. There is a uh, no alcohol rule here. Um, and I I opened up, I said, here's a question I'm going to ask you, but I don't, I'm really not sure if I should ask. And right away, it was too late. They said, please, you have to ask now. And I said, well, one of the things about this camp uh, that I do the, with the Japanese teachers is we have wine and beer in the evening so we can talk and relax. And the uh, two staff members, the director and the other program coordinator said, hmm, there is a bit of a problem that that's uh, no alcohol on premises, but... And I said, well, it's really important. It's in a very important part of our bonding and our teachers connecting and unwinding and uh, we've always done this and they said well we're going to have to find a workaround thanks for telling us in advance Uh, we'll work something out but it will be under lock and key so uh, part of me and I I joked I said look there's there's one of my voices right now is saying can you idiot why did you tell them Uh, but which is true like, can you idiot? Why did you tell them? <laughs> because, like, why did you bring it up? You, you, you sensed it might be an issue. But in fact, if they had found out, or if I had mentioned it openly and on the spot when I'm here with the students, they said, "Oh, there's no alcohol." It might have created a much more awkward situation. So this way, it gives them um, seven, eight months to find a workaround. And as long as I'm the guy who has the key, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'll have my own work around, believe me. Uh, so it's kind of funny that uh, just five kilometers away there's a a brewery, and uh, I'm kind of excited about that. It's called, hang on just a sec, in case you want to Google it, the Bosch Kung Brewing Company, B-O-S-H-K-U-N-G. And uh, it's tied into the Rhubarb Restaurant. 4.7 kilometers away from exactly where I am. So that's where I'm going for supper. And I'm excited about that too. It's just one more bonus to the day. So you got yourself a happy dude on your hands. or Do you? Really? No, I guess not. You're listening to a very happy Ken who's uh, just pleased the way everything's working out. I'm just, this view is amazing. Like I'm up above looking down at this lake. It's a small lake. I mean, I'm looking at the entire lake, uh, but it's gorgeous. And uh, you hear the wind picking up and the leaves are rustling. The trees have just started to turn, so there's a lot of yellows. And uh, it's really quite beautiful up here. Uh, The Halliburton Highlands is the area. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. So that's all. Oh, by the way, I did go into that. I told you that um, 
restaurant was tied to an antique store. Well, it seems it's it's an odd thing. You have to enter the antique shop. And I told you, <laughs> it's, there was uh, there was not. It's the first time I've gone into an antique in a bookshop, and there was not one thing I wanted. Well, I lied at the time, and I knew I was lying. There was one book right on the edge. One book called Canada in North America, eighteen hundred to nineteen o one. And I picked it up, and I looked, and the inside cover said nine bucks, and it's in really very very good condition. Excellent condition, hardcover, uh, school textbook, and uh, printed in 1961. And it was the book I picked up twice, handled, looked at, and uh, thought, yeah, you know, I could beat them down, maybe five bucks. And uh, anyway, I had my lunch, leaving, walked past this book a third time, and thought, wait a minute, now I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to wish I got that book. So I went back to the counter. And uh, she said, how much is it? And I said, well, the price says nine bucks. I'll give you five. And she said, no, we can't do that. Those aren't our books. They belong to the person who owns, I guess, the building in the uh, the antique shop. And uh, those are set prices. So it came to $10 with tax, which is more than I would normally pay for a book like this. Normally, you could pick them up for 3 $4. But... It's really good. The nice thing about it, it's got color illustrations. This is the Cop Clark Publishing Company, offices in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. And the pictures are beautiful. And it's really, really nice laid out. And it's the it's a part of the history I want to know more of. It's about 20 chapters. And just, just Civil War in the United States, wow. Uh, government by the people, the Durham Report, remember that? Uh, building the pioneer home, farming in the backwoods, you know, all stuff. This is a time of my ancestors coming here from Ireland, the pioneers, the uh, both sides of my family. Well, not both sides, no. My mother's family came later. They came 1910. Um, Canada, the turn of the century, just beginning, that's 1900. Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, part of Canada grows up. The Trail of 98, the South African War. You know, all that stuff is amazing. Two new provinces. This is Dominion from sea to sea. Uh, just these chapter names excite me. They really do. I don't know what it means to you. Say Johnny McDonald and the Western Expansion. And uh, come on, let me just give you a couple more just to tease you a little bit. So in spite of the fact that I brought up other books with me, this is the one I'm going to look at tonight. God, the uh, clouds are just rolling in. The War of 1812, 1814, of course. We always need that. Um, life in the colonies, settlers from overseas, the steerage diary, 1832. That should be interesting. Upper Canada, and these, like I say, these beautiful, beautiful colored paintings. Looking at a couple of oxen, and obviously pioneers here, uh, burning down the tree stumps to farm the land, and almost every few pages is a. Um, color illustration. Very, very nicely painted. You just don't see things like this anymore. Here's the section I really want. Uh, in, eight, in December 1837, the rebel force under Mackenzie began to gather at Montgomery's Tavern, at that time a few miles north of Toronto, on Young Street. A loyalist named Colonel Moody 
determined to ride by night to Toronto past the rebels to warn the governor of the uprising being planned. With two companions, he succeeded in passing the first guard point of the rebels, many of whom had brought no better weapon from their farms and pike staffs, some of which could be seen above. Suddenly, a shot rang out, and Colonel Moody fell to the ground. The first blood had been spilled in the rebellion in Upper Canada, an uprising that was doomed to collapse before winter was over. Well, you got to read more about that. Um, gosh. First vessel to sail from Lake Ontario to Lake Erie passed through the newly completed Welland Canal in 1829. Until that time, the Upper Great Lakes were cut off from Lake Ontario shipping by the falls and rapids of the Niagara River, a total drop of 325 feet. You know, like that's... In more recent times, the Welland Canal was to become part of the St. Lawrence Seaway, permitting ocean-going freighters to sail to the head of Lake Superior and Michigan. You know, canals were even more important in the days before the railways. Just a glorious book. So that's my little bit for Canadian history. And it is a little bit funny that uh, the other books that I brought with me are the one uh, about, you know, who killed Canadian history. And the other one, the part of Canadian history during the wartime, um, that, uh, as I say, my father would have been a part of in some role anyway of... uh, intercepting, from what I read, it was not just the military documents, but all the other uh, traffic sent back and forth, just ships, positions, and so on, that had to be uh, listened to, deciphered, and forwarded on to uh, people who could make use of it. So all we need now is more time. So boys and girls... Gone on for 15 minutes now, and the sun is back, the cloud has passed. Oh, I turn my eyes to it, and I just feel that sun burning on my face, and I love that feeling so much. Huh. In that instant, I missed my kitty cat. I love my little kitty cat, and I love to pat and kiss and hold and snuggle with my little kitty and let her chew away on my hand. We have a little game every night. She gnaws under the blankets on my hand and kicks with her back feet, you know, the way cats do. Cats are just, I mean, some people don't get them, don't understand them, and that's okay. Don't bother, don't even try, because you won't. You can't. It's only a certain type of people who will understand and appreciate cats. And uh, I'm one of them, big time. All right, this is Kim, a happy Kim, signing off. I'm going to read a chapter. Don't know which one, but I'm going to read a chapter. And uh, enjoy the rest of the evening before I head off for supper. Sample some of that local brew pub brewing and uh, probably bring some back here. And then I'll be off tomorrow. Nice slow start. Breakfast somewhere along the way. And back in Toronto and back to reality. Bye for now.
Just wanna be with you. very same day uh, that I talked to you from Minden and then from uh, Kinark uh, Outdoor Center and now I'm back in uh, in my room <laughs> the only person here there is one other person quite a distance from me at another almost another campsite uh, it's great and I'm sitting here with my book on my lap in a little like a oh Lobby area, some nice, comfortable rattan furniture. I've got my book on my lap, Canada and North America. And beside me, a big bottle. Uh, how big is it? 32 ounces or 946 milliliters. Uh, labeled My Halliburton Highlands. And this is from uh, Boschkong Brewing Company. So I guess I missed that part. Did, did I tell you? Yeah, there's a brewing company nearby. And so I went there to check it out, had a sample of the three they had on tap, a dark, uh, which I wasn't crazy about, a cream ale, which I loved and which I'm drinking now. Hang on. It's the one I chose. 
and um, uh, what do you call it, the um, the Kellers. Uh, that yeah, it was good. It won a silver prize, and what they didn't have on tap was a rye ale. Um, for samples, they just didn't have it. Anyway, very nice. Check that out. This is down ground level. On it's right on the, on the lake of Bushkung, Boshkung, sorry. And so then it went upstairs to a place called uh, I don't know, Raspberry Rasputin's. Um, Ooh, rhubarb. There we are. And fabulous upscale restaurant. Beautiful. I mean, you're, you're classy place. A place that, you know, I could bring my wife and she'd enjoy it. A uh, great menu of, you know, ribeye steaks and trout and, oh, probably Cornish game and all the other stuff, you know, that you get in a nice restaurant. But uh, the staff here told me they got a recent, really decent burger for about twelve fifty. Well, in fact, it was $15. But, wow, best burger I've ever had, I guess. Like a really thick patty. Served on a really nice um, tray with a side salad on one part and great, great french fries on the other. So that was my supper, sitting on a table by the window overlooking the lake, listening to a couple of uh, motorcyclists up from the States, enjoying the beer. And then I had a little sample of uh, four different uh, beer, and I posted a lot on Facebook. You can go back and uh, check it out. Uh, really, really nice. I think I had, what was it? Uh, nudie dipping, what do you call it? Uh, when you go, skinny dipper, skinny dipper stout. Very good. That wasn't by this local brewery. That was another one. And uh, again, posted the menu up. So it's just been a fabulous day of just sheer pleasure. Like one of the best places I could have stopped for lunch, the Thai restaurant, the best place I could have found anywhere within miles and miles of here. This, you know, right on the intersection of 118 and 35, this really good restaurant. And of course I charge it all back to my company because this is part of my, uh, part of my work, part of my finding a place for my students this summer. So it's even nicer when it goes on my company Amex card. And uh, here we are. So I'm going to just, I just wanted to bring you up to date, let you know all is well. I'm looking at my two books that are in front of me, The Best Kept Secret, Canadian Secret Intelligence in the Second World War, and Canada and North America. And uh, I'll just jump from one to the other. Feeling pretty tired. I'm really, really, like I'm going to be, it's an early night for me. No yahooing, no lighting up a spliff or anything. Just uh, time to, uh, time to relax. And then have a really nice, slow <coughs> drive home tomorrow. All right, that's it. It's uh, Kim once more signing off from uh, what has been just an excellent day. And uh, it's kind of nice to share those once in a while. I hope you've uh, you've enjoyed listening to it. Bye for now. Hey, Scarborough dude. It's Betty at the Okazoo Show. I wanted to send you an audio message. It just seemed like after all of the misunderstandings back and forth via email between us, I thought it would make a lot more sense to send you an audio message rather than to uh, send you another email. 
I listened to your last show, and I heard the comments that you made on the show to me. Of course, I was probably one of the only people who knew that you were talking to me since you kept it completely anonymous, which I have to say I appreciate because listening to it out of context where you were making the comments about the... uh In any case, I wanted to let you know that I really appreciate the fact that you took the time to answer back and to send me an apology. It was very Canadian of you. I also wanted to let you know that I think we've understood each other better now through a little bit of clarification via email. I think where we got off track probably was the fact that there was a lot of what I felt anyway was like hype over the men's show and the women's show. And I think that's where things kind of went haywire was the fact that I was really, really looking forward to it because it was supposed to be this show just for the ladies and everything like that. And I really thought you were going to do something really special, you know? So I was looking for something out of the ordinary. I was looking for something that didn't sound like one of your regular shows. And I guess it's that expectation. It comes back to what Crash and I have talked about many times on our show about what's the expectation in that case for me the expectation was that it was going to be something really outstanding and it was going to be something really catered and directed to the women in your audience and for me that means talking about things that are important to them so it really sounded to me like you were making a show that was going to be directed at women and that you wanted it to be for the women. And if it's going to be for the women, it has to be something that's important to me. I understand that, you know, in your emails you sent to me, you were talking about how some of the topics that I brought up as suggestions, even though I was just kidding around um, with a couple of those that you really picked up on. Chick, chick, checking in, checking in. There ain't no chicken in the oven. I don't think there's even going to be a turkey in the oven, but it is Thanksgiving weekend, so uh, to my fellow Canadians, those of us who are not hating each other now in the middle, actually towards the end of this bloody election, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I am parked uh, where I began this podcast, in uh, at the gates to St. Andrew's Cemetery here in Scarborough. Um, I want to do a quick wrap-up. And then uh, get on with my day. It's Friday, whatever the uh, date is. Um, and uh, I've got a class to do today. It's an easy class. It's a two-hour exam out of a three-hour class. So that doesn't leave much teaching time. And I give a break. and So i got about half an hour to prep them for the test, basically. Go over what is a supporting sentence. What's a, what's a good topic sentence, concluding sentence, and say, all right, go to it. And also go over the scale on how they're actually marked. If you want an A or a B, these are the things you have to do, right? So it's it's worthwhile. I mean, I am, when I leave that class, left it yesterday, Thursday, I feel, wow, I really do know what I'm doing. And I don't know that anybody else, certainly not the person above me in the chair's position, has a clue how any of us are teaching or what it's like in the classroom, but I do know what I'm doing, and I do teach well, and uh, I don't mind saying that. Uh, it, and I also get a lot of pleasure out of it. When I leave, I feel satisfied, and I also feel the challenge is good for me. 
So uh, I think it's going to be very hard to give up completely. And I, I expect I will be wanting my job back next um, next fall when the time comes. I notice there's a couple of uh, full-time positions, but they're in the a different, slightly different department. And um, I would not get them. I am not a visible minority. Uh, I talked about it with my son last night because it's, you know, gays, lesbians, aboriginal, physically handicapped, uh, transgender, queer. You know, they put this whole list of these are the people where, you know, who might have an edge of getting in the door. And uh, my number two sense is, oh, when there's a box you have to fill out, I always check other. So what? Because of uh, maybe the shape of their eyes, they may trans, they may count as visible minority. It's a ridiculous concept. I'll be so glad when we're done with that and we just treat people equally and the best person gets the job. But until then, it seems we uh, we have to work these things out. But uh, me being a white middle class privileged Canadian, uh, I don't have a say in this. That's for sure. And I'm, let's not get started on that. What was it I wanted to start on? Damn it, now I forget. I'm just so easy to go off on tangents, you know. Uh, let's see, this election. Uh, we, I was posting on Bob Goetch's uh, Facebook and feedback with different people, Connie and John and others, of just how divisive it's been over this niqab and, and uh, all done to garner more votes for the Harper Conservatives. And it really is disgusting. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little more optimistic they won't win, but what's the point of me going on about this? Because soon enough I'll be putting out a, po- a post-election podcast and you'll, uh, you'll hear all about it. And I'm sure our American listeners, the few that I have, are tired of it. Speaking of few that I have, God damn it, man, there is still an opening to send me something to put in the Dixon Jane zine. I don't think you care or you get it. This goes to anybody listening to this. This is for all comers. It's not a tight inner circle of only, you know, the elite. This is for people who like the idea of maybe getting in on a print zine, 12-page, 16-page zine that gets mailed to you. And you read articles from books and things that I think generally are of interest. They certainly are to me, and and I think I've got a pretty good sense of what is appealing and it contains bits and pieces written by other people just reflections thoughts sort of an almost like who are we by what we put in print and so it could be short it could be a joke it could be something you saw on another site or read in a book of your own that you found interesting and engaging so rather than a deadline it's always out there because this will come out four times a year and what misses one deadline or you know when it goes to print fine it gets saved and it goes in a folder for the next issue right we're working on episode 20 sorry volume 20 number one right now because we finished in uh, 2003 the last Dixon Janes put out was uh, volume 19 number four it's back just the same way the Dixon Jeans podcast will be back someday. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that ate up five minutes. Um, I've got my books beside me. That Interesting. Remember I was complaining about spending 10 bucks on this book, Canada in North America, 1800 to 1901. 
and went online and saw there was a copy on sale for $54. So it is rare. I wanted to find, there's one before this, Canada and North America, and I guess, uh, I don't know, 1750 to 1800 or something, or no, probably earlier, uh, to include all the French part, and that's the copy I'd really love, and you can't find that anywhere. Now, I did notice a few nibbles in the top corner of a few pages that are clearly uh, mice or rat gnawings. It, it's like they didn't even get, well, they did get one hole here, that's all. The littlest amount on page 281. And it's kind of neat to actually see where the teeth have gone in. Oh, 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 there's another little part they found. So it's been sitting somewhere in somebody's basement, and uh, the mice got to it, and somebody said, hey... Got to get those books out of here. It can happen. I hope it never happens to my collection. Uh, my dream these days, I was my accountant. Uh, let's okay. Let's backtrack. Yesterday was in, was an office day. I was in my office, uh, going about closing down caps. Company you've probably never heard of. Or I've hardly ever mentioned Canadian Academic Preparation School. We just never really got it going. We sunk a lot of money into it. Uh, you know more than. each has gone out the door for the uh, renting the space and uh, jumping the gun and getting, you know, cards made and pamphlets and everything else. And um, lesson learned, my partner and I, who's a very capable, very smart, was an excellent partner. I mean, she was the one who lost out on it because she got me for a partner. And I just didn't really have much incentive to... uh, to get going on any of this. I like the idea. She saw something in me that perhaps wasn't there. I don't know. And we never had any meetings. We never got together and really talked about what it was we wanted to do. And I think we had two visions. I I'm, I sort of go this organic route. And, and it's not that I'm incompetent. The fact that I still have this study tour. And wow, I'm so thrilled about the camp I found for next year's study tour for my Kamajo girls the girls I bring every year, the fact that I've kept that going for 21 years says, no, I do know what I'm doing. It's just I do it with this sort of feeling of it's all got to feel good. and it's all, Everybody's got to be learning and benefiting. Everybody involved has to be happy and gaining from it. It's all got to be win, win, win for everything. And this ties in with my mediation and uh, counseling. It's just This has just got to be something very positive. And I was finding it a hard time to feel that way because my partner had another business, which is preparing for the, um, uh, what are they, not, I forget what the exams are they do in the States. Jeez, I should know. Not TOEFL, but the other one. And you can get into the States on a sports scholarship if you've got a high enough score. And she set up a very good business preparing people for that. Stop that interference. Um... And she was able to, you know, do dry runs of tests, teach techniques. And it was all test-oriented. And I just had no interest in that. I mean, I taught it a few times, and I could have done a lot more and actually made money for her or with her. What is that all about? All these sirens. My God. Anyway, I just... That's not the kind of teaching I like. Although, at my college class, I claim I'm teaching them what they need to know to get through my writing test. So I don't know, maybe there's no difference. Uh, damn, I was on to another topic and I lost it again. These threads, these these, just, these little pieces you're holding on to and then you go down this little run and then everything is unfrayed. And it was something I really wanted to talk about. 
Oh, shit, I hate that. And, and you know, oh, damn, and we're up to ten minutes. This is pretty well. Well, then what was it about closing down the company? Uh, and my account, so there's a lot involved to close down a company. Because you've got a, an HST, GST account. You've got to shut down. You've got to file your reports. You've got to get a, a disclosure statement filled out to actually, because you've, you've gone through all the legal steps to make a company, a corporation. So to close a corporation, there's a lot involved. Fortunately, we have an accountant who is very helpful in doing all that for us. But, of course, we have to pay her, too, which means putting more money into this account to close it. Uh, I did some little bit of good news is because we've we've lost money, both of us, we can actually claim up to 50% of that on our personal tax because we invested in it. So um, that, that, you know, there'll be a tax savings somewhere on it, some kind of a deal. But that's not what I wanted to talk about. Um, I didn't realize this book's kind of interesting how much the Spanish really had in North America. I mean, we, I always thought, okay, they got uh, Florida and they got South America. But when you read through where the Spanish flag was flying, uh, come on now. Oh, I'm maybe going past the part. Hang on with me, would you? Just, just bear with me while I turn these pages and look at these wonderful pictures. Come on. Turn of the century. No, no, no. Um, before 1800, they owned... I don't want to read about Simcoe. So much of North America. Mexico, of course, right? North America at the turn of the century. Here it is. By 1800, the Empire Empire of Spain in North America had reached its greatest extent in history, although her control over these vast territories was already growing weak. Large areas of North America claimed by Spain had hardly been settled at all. Uh, some had not even been properly explored. Even so, the Spanish flag waved over almost all the islands of the West Indies, except Jamaica and Haiti. In addition, Spain claimed Florida, Mexico, and Central America, and we're just talking about North America here, as well as all territories lying west of the Mississippi River, exclamation mark. Like, that's one fuck of a huge area that uh, Spain laid claim to. I mean, that's most of it. You know, the United States was just the eastern seaboard area and uh, up to the Great Lakes and Canada the same and we you know we to get from Montreal you had to go way around the Great Lakes to explore west at all and and they never did Russia of course had Alaska and a huge area on a boundary that wasn't fixed which America got for uh, a few million dollars so anyway th- this book is written for maybe a grade six, seven, or eight level. And I find that very, very comforting to read. Very simple, very straightforward. I actually began to notice as I read, okay, Ken, this is, there's a few things missing here. There, there could be a little more depth, a little better descriptions. This is just a bit too simplistic. This is not high school level. But still, I love it, and I'm thrilled to have it in my collection, and I just love reading anything about Canadian history. That is not the topic I was reaching for. Ah, while I was sitting with my accountant, I was daydreaming, and so, of course, I had to email her back after. Now, what was it I was supposed to do, and when do I have to do that? 
But I told her what my dream was, and my dream is still to one day buy a little van, a little camper with a bed. Now, I should, to make it fair, I should have two beds in there so that I can bring somebody along. With a place, a water supply. I don't need a flush toilet. I don't need a shower. But I want a, like a sink or a washing up device somehow. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, maybe a hose attachment from the outside so you can actually could hose yourself down. You hose your shoes, your feet off if you've been down to the beach. Um, some kind of heating system, but that would come with the vehicle. Don't need air conditioner. Um, what was it? I said everything. Well, and of course, cooking, like a, a you know a, a propane burner that you could actually heat up a bowl of soup or can something or other beans. And man, this would be my dream just to get in this thing and travel North America. You know, I don't know if I'd venture all the way down to Mexico. Probably would over time if I was healthy enough. But it's something I could handle and something I would really like to do. That is not the topic I wanted to uh, come back to. But that's probably where we will end today because it's uh, pre-Thanksgiving and I'll probably start another one maybe Sunday or Monday giving all the reasons I should be thankful. Probably talk about that in church on Sunday. Um, I'm lining up a uh, a um, Skype call to do a Talking with Tim episode. If you know me, if you know my podcast, I think the best one, or Talking to Tim, the best ones I do, my favorite of all the podcasts I've done, are Talking to Tim. Talking to that is Tim Coyne, for those of you who don't know, of the formerly of the Hollywood podcast. Very nice guy. And uh, so again, from the pioneer days and... Uh, Somebody I really like to keep in touch with. And uh, so that's that's uh, that's something I'll probably try and do Saturday. Okay, this is just Phil now. I guess that's it. Sorry. Thank you for uh, listening as always. Get in touch with me. Boy, I do miss getting any kind of feedback. Dixonjanes at gmail.com. That's D-I-C-K-S-N-J-N-E-S at gmail.com. Or go to the blog. Just Google Dixonjanes. You'll find the uh, baby Sally uh, the final note there, I still haven't explained why the Baby Sally business properly and why I connect. And it is important, and I don't know if I'll ever get to it, but uh, I will certainly try uh, because I am not Dick or Jean. I am Baby Sally. <sighs> Pretty hard to say Baby Sally signing out because I'm also struggling to be Ken and the Scarborough dude. Jesus, do we need another person in here? I think there's a big, strong connection between uh, Scarborough Dude and Baby Sally. Maybe uh, two sides of the same coin, perhaps. Let's stop there, all right? Enough said. Bye for now. Come back next week, because I'll be back. Oh, yeah, same place. Bye for now. Cyclone all alone, ride 
Ride that cyclone through the crack. Ride that cyclone through the crack. Ride that cyclone through the crack. 